You know, there are so many forces that we have no control over. But when we think about what we do have control over, we can, we can change our, our communication, we can change our behavior, we can change the way we're applying any variety of resources. And almost always, if we are thoughtful and resourceful, we can figure out a way to get where we want to go. Welcome to the Good Around Us podcast. Here we share stories of people doing good for others. I'm your host, Stephanie Keeley. Mary and Gwen is a professional certified coach with a passion for leadership. She believes that improving the capacity of leaders and trust among teams is critical to the success of our nation. Prior to becoming an executive coach, Marion created a successful career in fund development for the UK Children's Hospital. She went on to lead God's Pantry Food Bank, a member of Feeding America, as CEO for 19 years. She successfully led the food bank through multi-million dollar capital campaigns, building projects, and significant program growth. Marion is an influential leader in Central Kentucky and has won numerous awards in her tenure. But now, Marion is dedicating her time to helping others find meaningful work. Welcome, Marion. Thank you so much for joining the Good Around Us podcast. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So you are joining us as a leadership coach, and I'm really excited for you to share with us about that field and about the the power of what is possible in working with a coach. Um, But I'd love for us to start with your story. What is your professional, what did your professional path look like? What were the types of jobs you were doing in the past? So I'm a graduate of the University of Kentucky College of Business, the Gatton College, and my undergraduate degree was in marketing. And when I finished, I my very first professional job was in um, business equipment sales. It didn't take me long to realize that that was not enough for me. So being at the top of the leaderboard in our 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 office um, didn't give me the zest for life that I was hoping to find in my work. And so I went back to school, got my MBA with really an interest at that point, I thought in health administration, hospital administration. So when I finished my MBA, my first job was with the University of Kentucky Hospital, um, actually the Department of Pediatrics, and I was hired in as a business manager. It was a great first job. I learned a lot about about how to lead and how not to lead. Uh, And I also recognize the value of being involved in projects that enable you to be seen and known by leaders outside of your immediate circle. So um, hospital administration saw what I was doing and um, offered me an opportunity to lead a department in the hospital, which I took. It was a brand new It was a brand new department. It was the Department of Fund Development. And um, our task was to create community awareness and raise funds for the creation of the UK Children's Hospital. That was very rewarding and a lot of fun. Um, I worked with great volunteer leaders and business people um, over a 10-year period and left shortly after the UK Children's Hospital opened. So at that point in my career, um, I, you know, I had led a department 
for a while and then a part of a very large organizational system. Right. A university, uh, university. hospital. I mean, yes, it's pretty big, very large system. Um, thinking about my MBA background, I was really interested in more in having an opportunity to be leader of an organization and and over more operational issues. God's Pantry Food Bank at that time was looking for a new executive director. And I I interviewed and and the board saw something in me that they thought was of value and offered me the position. So at that point, I, I left UK hospital and I went to God's Pantry Food Bank. God's Pantry Food Bank was pretty small at that point. Uh, we had a staff of about 12 people and a budget of about $600,000. Um, they had a small warehouse in Lexington on Jaggy Fox Way and a very small warehouse in Prestonsburg, Kentucky. Um, the board had purchased property uh, to move, to build a much larger facility and move. And so I was tasked immediately with raising the funds and interest to to build this new building. And on my second anniversary, we moved into the building and we um, and we did that without any debt. So we had taken out a construction loan kind of at the beginning, but we were able to retire that. Um, I was with God's Pantry Food Bank as leader, first executive director, and then the title changed to CEO for 19 years. And over that time, we saw tremendous growth. We, we built a fabulous staff a great team of professionals who were really dedicated to eliminating hunger as best we could throughout 50 counties of central and eastern Kentucky. Um, and, and so we grew in, in every possible way uh, and, and became a major, um, a major nonprofit in the arena as it relates to uh, providing resources to low-income Kentuckians. Yeah. About my 18th year there, I was starting to feel, uh, I don't know, a little restless or a little tired. And so I asked the board for the opportunity to work with a coach. I'd, I'd had the opportunity to work with an executive coach earlier in my time at God's Pantry um, on, on some very different things. This go around, I wanted, I wanted help recalibrating myself. So we had just completed a major capital campaign and we had added uh, three facilities to our network of warehouses around the state. Um, and that, when you're leading an effort like that, that is very intense because you have yes. all your normal work and you have, you know, this whole other side gig of trying to raise millions of dollars and get all different kinds of people and organizations involved. And so I knew from past experiences that when, when those chapters closed and you were kind of settling into the new bigger, the new bigger entity, that was a little boring for me. I, I personally have a hard time recalibrating from being like, you know, running 500,000 miles a day to running a hundred miles a day. Um, and so worked with a coach and through that process recognized that it was a little more than that and that I was ready to close the God's Pantry chapter in my life, but I wasn't ready to be finished working. So this, this was a fabulous coach that I worked with and we now partner on some projects, um, but she helped me to see that where I was finding the greatest joy at that point in my life um, was 
in in the realm of mentoring or uh, encouraging or or bringing up leaders. Um, and and I had a lot of pride when I thought about the great people that I've had an opportunity to work with over those 19 years and where 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 some of them were at that point. And that at times included that they were no longer at God's Pantry Food Bank. They were out doing other great work. Um, and so made the decision to go back to school and receive postgraduate certification in executive coaching so oh, that I could wow. work with leaders at all stages. Yeah. I mean, you had uh, 30 years of professional experience and hospital administration, um, nonprofit leading tons of, tons of initiatives, fundraising, marketing. I mean, you oversaw it all. So you had all those professional skills and probably really started seeing the value of pouring that into other people and kind of shifting Absolutely. from the operations to really focusing and finding that fulfillment in, in developing others. Yeah. And when I, if I kind of think back and try to think about themes of my professional life, you know, I think in that, in the UK and the God's Pantry uh, timeframe, I was really focused on impact to a large number of people. You know, at UK Hospital, it was making sure that Kentucky kids had access to really high level of quality care. Um, and then with God's Pantry Food Bank, it was working in a 50 county area to make sure that families, individuals had access to healthy food to live, to live healthy lives. Um, and so it kind of went from this, like, I, I see the shift as being from going kind of, you know, 50,000 feet up to going to a place now where I'm just deriving a lot of joy out of working one-on-one -on -one with people yeah. or with intact teams, you know, and helping them, helping them grow in ways that are meaningful to them and yeah. helping them better communicate and, and just shift, um, shift in ways that, that they want and that also are going to take them where they want to go. Mm -hmm. Kind of thinking, going from mic macro to micro and looking from these large groups of people to now smaller groups of people who then in turn create those large initiatives and do the large work. Um, yeah, but really focusing in on small groups and one-on-one -on -one and individuals. Absolutely. Because, you know, throughout my life, I've often thought we spend far too much time at work to not to not derive joy and satisfaction and, and fulfillment of purpose there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I could have never worked for a nonprofit or a university where I didn't believe in what they were doing, where I didn't think it was important, where I didn't find a way to connect whatever my efforts were during the day to a, to a much larger purpose that really resonated with me. And, and yet I know from, from friends and, and, and just people that I've encountered throughout life that unfortunately for too many people, that's not what they find at work. Maybe there's a great purpose, but there are a lot of challenges with, uh, with, with their manager or, or with 
you know, certain employees that um, kind of are sucking the joy out of, out of the day. Um, and so helping teams just find ways to appreciate and value differences and and work together in ways that not only, you know, support the bottom line or um, enlarge the impact of the organization, but also offer that that just that sense of satisfaction or comfort um, as as you're moving as you're moving that work forward together. Mm-hmm. Which is so important because, as you say, we spend most of our time working. And in our waking hours and sometimes in our sleeping hours too. So you want it to be meaningful and satisfying. And I I want us to talk about that, but let's back up just a a beat and help us understand what is professional coaching? What is leadership coaching? You know, it's a popular term. I think on, especially on social media, everywhere you turn, there's someone's a coach of some kind. So share with us a little bit about what is what is coaching in this context, especially thinking from a leadership context um, and kind of what are, what do you think are those greatest misconceptions about coaching? So coaching is, is being a thought partner with someone. Um, You know, if you're, if you want to use the analogy of helping somebody cross a river uh, you're not standing on one side screaming instructions to them as they, you know, try to make their way across, but you're actually walking across the river together. So um, for leaders, you know, a, a lot of times people will say, oh gosh, leadership is so lonely. And, you know, it does feel lonely. Leadership can, when you're in a position of leadership, you can feel really isolated, Um and I think especially as we think through the challenges that leaders have had to um, endure and navigate through over the past couple of years, um, when, you know, rules and when rules were changing on a regular basis, as well as just um, each individual fear or, or concerns were sometimes very unique to that individual, leadership can feel really lonely. Um, You know, if you have a good friend or a partner uh, that you can talk about things with, that's great, but they're they're invested in you. Um, You don't always want to share all your concerns or your doubts or your uncertainties with, with your staff or your team. I mean, I think a lot of leaders want to protect their teams as much as they can until they they kind of have figured it out a little bit for themselves. And so leadership coaching, I think, provides that safe space, that partnership with, with a trusted person who you know is going to hold your story in confidence um, and doesn't really have a stake in the game. I mean, whatever decisions the leader makes, um, it, it shouldn't have an impact on their coach. So they're able to, to, um, to walk with you down that lonely road uh, to help you think through big challenges to maybe offer different perspectives or to help you, you know, change hats, take on the perspectives of different um people that may be involved in the challenge. 
Um, and also challenge your assumptions. So, you know, our brains are, are wonderful things. And one of the things that they do very, very well, but it doesn't always serve us well, is when we are in a really confusing place, our brain will work really hard to make sense of it. So, you know, we create, our brain will create a story to explain whatever it is that we're going through. But but what's important to remember is it's just a story. And so a coach can, can, can kind of poke at that story and um, challenge the assumptions that you are making or the story that you're telling yourself um, to help you be in a position to make the best possible decision or to to re-engage in a conversation in perhaps a new way or think through, you know, when you're trying to communicate big, hard things, what is it that different people are really going to be looking for? You know, so how do you shape the story to have the greatest resonance while still maintaining your individual style? Yeah. So who would be a good candidate to receive coaching? especially in the way you've just described it. I think everyone can benefit from coaching if they are open. So, you know, sometimes I find people come to me and they're interested in coaching, but really what they want is a consultant. They want Mm. someone who's going to listen to their problem and then provide them with an answer. You can find that but that is not coaching, Uh, you know, and so I'll be really clear when people come to me, if they're like, I know, you know, you've been successful doing this, this, and this. Um, I really want you to like, to tell me what to do, you know? Yeah. How can I do this capital campaign? Or, you know, I've seen you've raised X millions of dollars for this nonprofit. I'm in that position right now. What should I do? And they're, you know, looking for those answers from you because of your background. And so coaching is different. It is. So, Yes, because we enter a coaching relationship with my belief that the person I'm coaching has all their answers. We just often don't slow down enough to really find them ourselves. And so a coach forces you for really fast paced type A individuals. And you might find that a little frustrating sometimes with your coach. Mm -hmm. I mean, but the coach is going to force you to slow down a bit and really think through things uh, yourself. So um, I think I think all employees can benefit from coaching if they are if they are open if they do, if they have an open mindset versus a closed mindset. So they're not they're not always tied to being right and having the answer. They're curious. Um, they want, uh, they, they enjoy engaging in conversations where you have this kind of opportunity to, you know, be politely poked or, or questioned um, or challenged in some way. Um, and I think it's also really important that folks have a very clear idea of what it is that they want to make progress with. So like a specific things, goal in mind. Yes. Yeah. So it could be thinking through a major transition, right? Um, like the coach helped me do when I was feeling restless at God's pantry. Um, or it could be um, thinking through how to better communicate with a member of your team that just always feels a little difficult. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or it could be thinking through how you how you roll out a big change. Right. So many different um, places that you can go in a coaching conversation. Yeah, there really are. Um, And especially when we think about it from this kind of work perspective, Um, but coaching also can be for life and for wellness and for balance and habits and all of that. So really, um, you know, you, you said that you went back and got a certificate, You, you got some training around it. What should people be looking for if they are looking for a coach? Is there anything that they should be looking for? to ensure that the person who's going to walk with them through their challenges or their goals or whatnot, um, really has those coaching skills. Yes. (laughs) I'm a little biased. (laughs) I'm a very active member of the international coaching uh, federation. And that is the largest professional development organization or the professional organization for coaches in the world. Um, they offer three different levels of um, uh, accreditation or credential credentialing. Yes. Uh, and, and that part is all confusing, but, but I think a, a first thing to ask is, you know, are they a member of ICF and do they hold an ICF credential or are they working towards an ICF credential? Um, because to me that that tells you a number of things. One, it tells you that they they are taking this seriously and that they subscribe to a code of ethics that has been deemed important for this industry. But it also says something about the education that they've already received because, because to be in that process, they have to have um, a certain number of, of hours of continuing education or of or of hours with an approved coaching program or school. So to me, being an ICF member and holding an ICF credential um, is a statement of this person is seriously a coach. They're not just someone who decided, hey, I love talking with people. I have some experience in this area. I'm a coach. Right, right. Because, and that's, and that's, the reality right now, I think, um, is that there are people doing that and, and they may be great, but yes. to your point, um, uh, you know, to, to ensure that, especially if you're investing, it's an investment to, mm-hmm. um, work with a coach. And if you're investing in that work and it's very personal self-development and leadership development, you want to ensure that there is that kind of training and that meeting the standards, um, as you said, ethics and confidentiality and all of that, which are so important by some kind of certifying body such as ICF. In addition to that, I, I think it's also important though to make sure that you have the right chemistry, okay? So you don't wanna just find, you can go to the, for example, you could go to the ICF website and you can look up coaches. And I, I wouldn't suggest that you just immediately um, engage a coach. Most coaches will offer you some sort of short meeting where you're going to get a feel for their style and they're going to get a feel for what it is that what your goals are with the coaching. And so it's kind of a chemistry session. You want to also make sure that you have the right chemistry 
And, and the coach wants to make sure that, that you're in the realm of folks that they can be successful with. And so having that, that one-on-one session, and, and let's be real, most of those happen via the telephone or, or, or Zoom mm-hmm. today um, is the other thing that I think is really important. And then you can work out the details of how frequently you want to meet, uh, what the costs are, you know, any other added benefits or features. Yeah. And, th- and that's a great point because just like a doctor or anyone you're, you're going to start working with on that personal level, you, you do want to do that due diligence and make sure that this is a good fit. Um, and you brought up a good point um, earlier when you shared how you wanted to start working with a coach, you went to your board and asked for permission to work with a coach. Many companies, especially now, as we're looking at how do we retain our top talent, how do we invest in people beyond what their salary is, many companies will sponsor, will pay for a coach. So perhaps ask your manager, ask HR if if that's an option for you. Absolutely. Um, And coaching is, you know, coaching is, is for many, many years was kind of seen as, as a benefit that was relegated to the C-suite or your top executives. Um, it is being, it's in demand now for more and more people across the organization. And so uh, a lot of coaches and coaching platforms are flexing so that there, you should be able to find a coaching option for for people at any level in an organization. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Well, we've sold coaching. We've sold it. <laughs> Everyone should find one um, and have that experience at some point um, if you're open to it. But share with us a bit about kind of the power of it. How you've, you've shared how you work one-on-one, but talk with us a little bit about teams and like how coaching can be beneficial for teams? What's the value in having a coaching element to your team and leadership development strategies? Absolutely. So my husband and I are partners in MG Coaching and Consulting, and and I come from the nonprofit world. He comes from the for-profit world. We both have many years of senior leadership experience. We are finding great joy and really tremendous impact in working with impact with intact teams these days. So we will come in, we have several different organizations that will uh, contract with us for a six, nine, 12 month time period. We will work with an intact team. So that could be the senior leaders, like the management team of the organization, or it could be in a really, in a larger organization, it could be, you know, um, all the managers in financial services, for example. Um, And, we first talk with with the leader and find out like you know how do you describe the culture of your organization what kinds of shifts are you hoping to make what changes would you like to see in this team over the next year and then we have a series of workshops so we will come in and we'll work with the team usually in four hour segments and um on on a variety of issues. We were big fans of DISC and oftentimes our first workshop will be a DISC training to improve communication and to help people again find value in differences. 
uh, that maybe they haven't seen and they've found as annoyances in the past. And then we couple that with coaching. So the team has this opportunity to come together on a regular basis. They're setting aside time to talk about things other than work, but that relate to work. Um, it oh, interesting. Builds, it builds engagement. They get to know each other. You know, a lot of times businesses are busy. People are busy when they come together, especially now that we're living in this hybrid world. And a lot of those meetings are by zoom, you know, they're kind of, they get to the agenda and they get through the work and then everybody signs off and they go to their next zoom or their next meeting. So we've had many comments over the years from folks who have said, it is just so nice to gather with my peers and to talk about stuff that isn't just like solving today's problem. Um, then we couple that with coaching. So everybody on the team gets individual coaching in between sessions. My husband is also a, a, a certified coach. Um, and so then they have the opportunity in that coaching to carry whatever agenda they want into that. But it also provides them an opportunity as we are learning and growing together. If there are particular things that they would love to talk through that they're not comfortable because maybe it has to do with the person sitting across from them. They're not maybe comfortable having that direct question or conversation in the workshop. We can work on those in a private confidential manner through the coaching. And as we move through these series of workshops and series of coaching, teams experience a much greater sense of engagement and relationship. Um, and we're also seeing behaviors change in really meaningful ways. We're working with a team right now in South Carolina that has, has really been on fire throughout the pandemic based on what it is that they do. Um, it's been all hands on deck. They experienced a significant amount of turnover. When we first met with them, there were several individuals around the table who had not been in the same room with their peers yet. Ever. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's the world we're living in right now. Right. And so just seeing the relationships and the trust, which I think is essential to all good things that ever happen anywhere, the trust build because, because they're having these conversations and they're getting to talk through these, these issues in, in ways that are beyond just solving the problem of the day, but really getting a sense of, of who each other are and how they respond and what their gifts are that they, that they want to make available to the group. Yeah. I mean, it takes a, a bit of vulnerability, but as you said, that's what builds the trust. That's what, you know, sharing about yourself and learning about other people and who they are helps you communicate with them better. It helps you work with them better. I, I can see where that would be really effective. What is the data that you're finding behind why this is impactful and why this is helpful for teams? There were several recent surveys done on this, but one from uh, Better Buys found that employees who get professional development opportunities are 15% more engaged and have 34% higher retention than those who don't. And then a Deloitte study showed that organizations with a strong learning culture are 92% more likely to develop new products and processes. They're 52% 52, 52 more productive 17% more profitable, and their engagement and retention rates 
are 30 to 50% higher. So when you do this kind of work, when an organization, a company makes a commitment to investing in their people in this way, um, it has tremendous impact. Uh, There's ROI there. I mean, just the the profitability increase at 70, 17%, I think you said, and then retention, re- that's, an, that's an expense when you lose employees and when you turn over. I mean, that's a, a savings right there. And a huge challenge right now in our current economy. Yes. So uh, a study by... Uh, by I think it was a LinkedIn Global Talent Trends found that 86% of professionals said they would change jobs if a new company offered them more opportunities for professional development. Wow. I mean, that's huge. So, you know, if you if you're leading a company, if you're leading a nonprofit or an organization right now, what kind of investment do you have to professional development for your team? How are you fostering the building of relationship because you have to have relationship to have trust and people are only going to bring their full selves, you know, only going to participate in full when they feel like they are in a trust relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And they feel valued. So, so professional development, investing in professional development, whether that's, whether that's workshops or um, training as a team or coaching, there are many, many different ways that you can access those opportunities. Um, and oftentimes for probably far more reasonable than you think. Yeah. When I first started doing this work, what I was struck with was some research around, you know, we can send people off to a conference. Okay. And so what do you, if, if it's an in-person conference, you're probably investing 1500 to $3,000 in that, right? Yeah. Flight, hotel, Yeah, yes. The registration fee, all of that. So, and you have like a 22% chance of the person coming back and actually making any change, doing anything with that information. When you couple learning with coaching, your chance of seeing real change or doing something with them skyrockets to like 82%. Mm. And so when you think about maybe the way you're spending professional development dollars today or or the goals that you have for your organization, be more thoughtful around education, offering professional development and allowing people to have some choice around that, bringing people together to build relationship, offering coaching so that they can they can dive deeper um, or or become even more vulnerable with that work. It's just a fabulous way to not only amp up your culture, but amp up retention, amp up engagement, and amp up general happiness and satisfaction. Again, going back to our first comments, we spend far too much time at work to not, to not find some joy there. Well, I do want to circle back. So I'm glad you made that transition because finding and doing work that's meaningful has always been very important to me. And you share that that was kind of that, that thread in your initial um, career in your, um, kind of first phase of your career was that you really believed in the mission of what they were doing. It was meaningful to you. How can, do you have tips for how people kind of putting on your coaching hat, how can people find work that is meaningful to them and why is it so important? I think first you have to have to spend some time thinking about what is meaningful to you. You know, if you, 
if you could do anything, how would you choose to spend your time in, in a way that would resonate with you for the mark that you want to leave on the world? Um, and through my coaching, I, I mean, as I've stated, like I really have pretty much my whole life been a nonprofit leader. I've had a lot of fun coaching for-profit people who, who do have strong sense of purpose and, you know, find great meaning because I think I had this ridiculous bias that really only nonprofit people, that that was, that was only available to those of us in the nonprofit world, but that's not true. You know, um, you may be involved in producing and selling a product that, that, makes people healthier or um, drives pleasure and satisfaction. Um, I mean, there are so many different ways to take that. So first off, and maybe that's working with a coach if you're struggling to figure that out for yourself, to really think deeply about, you know, what is it that I believe I, I am here for? You know, where do I want to add my gifts in a way that, um, that the world is improved or life is improved in some fashion? And then, you know, thinking through that really seriously as you are sifting through the many, many job openings that currently exist. Um, and there will be times when maybe when you, like me, recognize that, that you've, you've expended all the energy that you care to in that realm and you go through a, another process of figuring out, okay, for the next stint, whatever that might look like in your life, you know, how do I want to be directing my energy now? Yeah. Well, I think it's important. And, um, you know, between a combination of you doing that work for yourself to figure it out and then also workplaces providing more of that opportunity for connection and relationship building and professional development, you can find, meaningful work and purpose in your work in so many different places, you know, as we're, we're shifting the culture. What is a quote that you carry with you? Okay. Well, my family, we are sailors and, and this quote, it's, I, I tried to look up today to see who to attribute it to. And I think many people claim it, but my version of it is we cannot control the wind but we can adjust our sales to take us where we want to go. And I think for me, that has resonated throughout my professional life. You know, there are so many forces that we have no control over. But when we think about what we do have control over, we can, we can change our, our communication. We can change our behavior. We can change the way we're applying any variety of resources and almost always, if we are thoughtful and resourceful, we can figure out a way to get where we want to go. Thank you so much. That's um, beautiful advice. And you've shared with us so much about coaching and the impact and lots of things for us to think about. And I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you to Marion for her wisdom and encouragement to make the most of our time in the workplace, doing work that is meaningful to you. You can connect with Marion by visiting her website, which we will link to in the show notes. If you liked this conversation and want to hear more stories of people doing good for others, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the Good Around Us podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening to The Good Around Us. Until next time.